Welcome to Songwriter Trysts, an intimate podcast that is connecting songwriters from all over the world. I'm singer-songwriter Ray Lee and your host for this show. Music saved my life and I want to talk to other songwriters about the power of songwriting, talk about their journey and how they got to where they are today. This is a safe space to share stories, lessons and emotions, all the great things that build an amazing song. If you're enjoying the show and you want to support the vision, you can buy me a coffee as a once-off or you can become a monthly subscriber through the website songwritertrists.com. to a songwriter tryst with Elisa JC. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm <laughs> uh, As we were just kind of briefly discussing, yesterday was a big day. <laughs> yep. So you have a down day today after such a big fun day. Yes, absolutely. Nursing myself to health again. What's your poison? I'm going to ask you that. What, like, what is the thing that when you're celebrating you go to? Well... Celebration wise, I mean, yesterday in particular, it had been, I spent three months of this year not drinking because I actually froze my eggs and you're not really supposed to. Oh, well done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Quite a process going through that. And my friend who I played a show with yesterday, I promised him that we will have champagne. Well, he was really promising me when you're mm-hmm. that we'll have champagne. So we started with that. But then, yeah, <laughs> it went into stop that. Then it went into vodka, t- Tito soda, like all day. Ah, well done. <laughs> champagne. I love champagne, but it does go straight to my head. Yeah, but I'm, I'm impressed that you that you have frozen your eggs. That's a really big process to go through. Thank you so much for that. Do you have children? I don't, and that's that's no. why I'm actually finalizing a divorce. I've just been married once, mm-hmm. and. Because I am 39 and don't have kids, mm-hmm. I really wanted to do that because I want to one day. Yeah, fair enough. So I usually get people to start being a songwriting podcast to tell us a little bit about who you are and where you come from. Sure. I am from San Diego, California, and I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I never intended on being a musician or a singer or a songwriter. I spent most of my life teaching dance or dancing, dance classes, dance teams. I danced in the Super mm. Bowl. I've been a choreographer. Crazy. Yeah. And it's it's a major, still a big part of my life. I love dancing so much and I'm still choreographing. I still, a couple of years ago, I choreographed three live dances for my friend's EP release party, which I had never done before. Yay. <laughs> Amazing. But that's what I used to do. So, I, and I went to school. I graduated from college, and I thought I was—I had a communications major. I dropped my minor, but I was minoring in Spanish for quite a while. Yep. I didn't really know what I was going to do. I just thought I was going to dance. And I, um, in the middle of school, I actually took off two and a half years and just was working in restaurants and dancing, kind of figuring myself out. And nine months of those two and a half years, I moved to Los Angeles to teach dance, and that is where my singing career started. And it's really, wow! it's super strange. I was 23, almost 24, and I was singing yep. at work and my coworkers heard me singing and they're like, you should try karaoke. 
and we're going to force <laughs> <laughs> As all good friends do. <laughs> that's why I always say you never know what kind of like golden pieces of like good nugget advice that your friends might come up with or, or might try to talk you into doing because on that rare occasion that they're right, it could be something amazing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, that, so you went to karaoke. So, yeah, so the bar I worked at is one of the like, four part-time jobs that I had in L.A. I was yeah. cocktail waitressing at a place called Gotham Hall on thir- the 3rd Street Promenade, which that bar is no longer around. But they're like, starting Wednesday of next week, we're going to start doing karaoke Wednesdays. You're going to open the night. <laughs> and I sang. Oh, yeah. At what, you were working today? Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. Bit out of the job description. A little bit. Uh, yeah. I remember, I just remember, I, I remember everything about that whole three and a half minutes. It's so clear. Like it just happened. I remember I sang Life Goes On by Leanne Rhymes because I was listening to mm-hmm. country back then. I don't really listen to as much country now, but Coyote mm-hmm. Ugly had just come out that movie. So it was like a big song. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I got off stage and just kind of went back around my business, you know, waiting on my tables. And every single table that I went to said the exact same thing, almost verbatim, which was, that was great. I love your voice. Where can we see your next show or where can we buy a CD? And that's how my whole career started. That's, oh, that gives me chills. So they just all loved you that much and they wanted to support you in being a singer and you just weren't even thinking of it. Wasn't even thinking about it. And it took me a whole year of listening to, just for singing karaoke and hearing those same compliments. I mean, that was in LA. So when I, I moved back to yeah. finish school and I continued to do karaoke once a week and literally like just about every single night I heard those exact same words. Where, where are you playing? Where can we see a show? How can we buy a CD? So after a mm. year of hearing the same thing virtually every single week, I made the decision and it was December of 2004 to call the only mm-hmm. that I knew. And I said, I know you know me as Liz JC, the choreographer, but I think I'm supposed to be a singer. Can you record me? <laughs> love, 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 love is all, love is all you need. Love, 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 love. Alive, take a breath, open your eyes, learn it, live it, pass it on, give it back before it's gone. Celebrate who you are, love with all of your heart, let it go, set it free. Love is all you'll ever need. Love, love. So, did you then, did you have your own songs that you wanted to write? I mean, yeah, like if people are asking, they want to give you money, and for, for like how many years was it a full year or two years doing karaoke? A year of singing karaoke. Yeah, and think about all the money that you could have made even just selling CDs for the people that wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, there's a missed opportunity here, absolutely. Did you? Were you writing songs at home? or no, like- I hadn't even written a song. So, and again, I'll okay. his response. He's like, yeah, and the producer is like, yeah, I can record you. Do you have any songs? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a- <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I just sat down and it was like The Longest Kiss. It was my first single. Then I wrote a song called Believing in You. It's about believing yourself. And then my grandma had just passed that next month. And so I wrote a song called You're a Part of Me, which is about my grandma. And that was my first demo or those three songs. 
Wow. And how did that first songwriting process go for you? Like, did you get any help or did you just give it a go? Just gave it a go. Like it just came out. It's everything about this career is still, I'm sitting here right now, like kind of with my hand over my face because I'm still in disbelief. I just, it's, it's been, it has been 16 years and it's still Mm. so mind boggling to me that this happened. (laughs) Yeah. That's it's absolutely crazy, but I'm so glad that it did, and I'm so glad that you followed the signs, even if it took a year of people saying, "Where's your CD for you to go do that?" It's amazing. Well, I, so badly, and thank you so much for saying that, and thank you for having me on this because I so badly want my story to be shared to inspire other people to live out their dreams or explore other options, get creative, find a passion. You never. Oh, that's my favorite thing to say in the world. My favorite phrase is you never know because you never know what curveballs life are gonna life is gonna throw at you. You never know what doors might open or close to lead you to another one. I mean, you just don't know. So true. And so true. And it, right? And so thank mm. you so much for having me today because I get the opportunity <laughs> to share this with people and anyone who's listening. I truly hope that you know you, you find your passion and you go for it. So tell us a little bit about how this journey unfolded you you went to your friend you got these three songs produced yeah. how like how did this ball start rolling and and just keep building momentum to where you are now what do you think of a few of the key moments that really stood out to you that made you go wow this is exactly where you're meant to absolutely be? the drive that i saw unfold within myself was probably like the reason why anything has happened for me in my career because mm. I had never seen myself motivated before like I have been in music I kind of mm. half-assed a lot of stuff like yes I was a professional dancer but I was never great I couldn't I would never call myself a great dancer I was good but there were great dancers mm. surrounding me and they took off and they did things like backup dance for Justin Timberlake and Usher and you know people like that and I just was never mm. get there even when I moved to LA to teach dance I was drinking too much and working for part-time jobs as a cocktail waitress. I mean, I half-assed it, you know, and I got like A's and B's in school and and C's too sometimes. And I could have been better, but then music came about and it was like, I hit the ground sprinting. So after these three songs were produced and recorded, I stopped at nothing to get local interviews, paper, radio station, like almost instantly local radio was playing The Longest Kiss. I submitted it to play at the Del Mar Fair, which is now called the San Diego County Fair. I accepted and I didn't play any instruments at the time. So I asked one of my friends to play guitar for me and I sang to a backing track and Mm -hmm. left and right. Just next thing I know, it's these songs and they still to this day, they just pour out. It's it's unstoppable the creativity yeah so as each it's just been fun and as each cool great thing happened I would just piggyback off of that and then and kept that energy flowing and just next thing I know I'm going on these little miniature tours I've been booking myself so I've I booked myself in Europe. I booked myself all over the nation. I got myself on different other tv stations and radio stations and just Mm -hmm. it just kind of came it came it it the next steps just became apparent as hit that, you know, let's just call it like a list of goals or something. As I hit each goal, the next one became apparent and then I'd, okay, check that off the list. Then the next one became apparent. Mm. And that's kind of just how it keeps going. You just kept doing the next thing in front of you. Yeah. There's no real planning, honestly. It was just, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And I think this is what I'm supposed to do next. And I think this is how I'm supposed to do it. And 
Mm. The branding with blue came really easily for me playing guitar. Like it just, everything just kind of, I don't know. It just works. <laughs> so lucky that like, I worked. It's one of those things that, yeah, you know, when you know, don't you? Yes. Yes. And you worked hard. You have to work hard. Yes. I mean, this is, I might be making it sound like it's, you know, easy, <laughs> but no, this has been a trying industry to be in. And I've mm. second guessed myself more times than I can count, but I've been more sure of myself than I haven't been. And I believe that's how anyone can get to that next step. I used to hate that phrase before I was married and stuff that people say, you know, when you know, you know. Yeah. And I was like, that's so like cliche. But then like, yeah, for me, I feel like becoming a musician, I think I always knew I just had a lot of fear there. You know, being a songwriter, like I was, I've been songwriting since I was six, but it was always a private like diary writing thing. Like no one knew that's who I was. And I feel like I've finally come out of the closet, you know. (laughs) But it, it is one of those things that like, yeah, once once you actually make that decision of this is who I am and this is who I'm going to be, just doing it, like once the doubt gets out of the way, I think that's a big thing that a lot of people struggle with. How have you dealt with that? Well, the doubt is everywhere. I mean, I can look out the window and see doubt. Like it surrounds you if you focus on it, right? So what I've done mm. is I use the phrase blinders. I put my metaphorical blinders on and I just stayed the course because it's so easy to fall victim to the negativity. And Mm. right off the bat, I was being told by so many people, oh, you don't want to get into music. You don't want to get into this industry. It's so Mm. make it. It's so hard to make it. Well, I, I, something happened in me that made me like almost want to hear that because I wanted to prove them wrong. (laughs) So I guess I took the doubt and ignored the, can I cuss on here? Yeah. Ignored the shit out of it. <laughs> well done. <laughs> put your metaphorical blinders on and keep moving forward. So, I mean, again, not everything's rainbows and butterflies. So, when I did, when the doubt has set in before, like for example, I find my voice to be very inconsistent. Sometimes I feel like I sound mm. great, and sometimes I'm like, oh no, why are you? Yeah, but I. It might be the champagne. <laughs> Yes, you learn quickly that during, yeah. during performances is not a good thing. So I, I mm. did that like the first couple of years to get through some butterflies. But yes, I <laughs> don't do that. I mean, not Absolutely. a lot. But so yeah, you just, uh, I guess, oh, shoot, no, I don't even know what I was going to say. But yeah, that. You get through the doubt and you just, and I think it's good to acknowledge that we all feel it and it is there. It's not like some people don't have any doubt and just are super confident all the time. It's like, it's a choice. You have to continuously choose to be confident and be who you are and know that like no deep down inside you beyond everything else this is what you're meant to be doing and that's that is a beautiful confidence to have and that will help you get through the get through those doubt because fear holds us back I know it held me back for a very long time but you know it's gonna keep going I love it so fear then do you yeah it's just kind of unfolded for you like oh this is actually a lot I don't have to be scared of this this is a lot easier more fun than I ever thought it could be I don't I I literally feel like someone flicked a switch inside my body it was like Fear off. Yep. And I think it was, for me, a self-worth thing. Like something in my head clicked where it's like no one else in the world is ever going to give me the validation that I feel like I need other than myself mm-hmm. or like yep. my belief of myself. And and I'm never going to make everyone happy because beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And 
I have to do what I love. And then like once that I kind of realized that, I was like, oh my goodness, I can do whatever I want and no one really, it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks. And as long as I'm having fun and I'm being true to myself and I validate myself and like I, I hold my own integrity and I can sit with that, other people can say whatever they want to say um, and think whatever they want to think. But the, the good people that see what I'm doing and the reasons I'm doing it, they'll gravitate towards me and, you know, yeah, I don't know. It was like an instant thing. I, I feel like it's like my second life. I was reborn oh my <laughs> in my kitchen. <laughs> I see. Oh, I love this story too. I hope you get the opportunity to share this story as often as you can. <laughs> well, tell me your story. So like what is it that you're doing your music for? What's your hope behind the message and the music that you're creating? I will tell you exactly. And that's where I, my brain stopped thinking about a minute ago. I was, I've meant- <laughs> Okay, let's go. <laughs> uh, I learned maybe six years ago, what my whole purpose on this earth is. It's not to entertain. It's not to play music. It's to inspire people through my story. So when people Mm -hmm. see me, a lot of people assume I've been playing guitar and songwriting and singing since I was a kid. And Mm -hmm. they assume like, oh, you must have wanted to do this your whole life. I'm like, actually, no, I, I had no idea that I had a voice. I had no idea that I'd be able to play instruments or songwrite at all. And so my purpose behind the music really is just to get a chance to say this story. I want to inspire people through like being someone who spent almost a quarter of their life, not knowing that they had these, I guess, for lack of better words, talents, maybe they're underdeveloped And I'm always going to be developing them, but I'm a professional Mm. now and I never knew that I had that in me. And I think that's so special and important and I, to get out because I guarantee you that there are so many other people just like me who don't know Mm. what the possibilities are in front of them. And they're living their life unhappy or feeling maybe empty or like a piece is missing and I want to help you, like, I want to help you understand that that's not how you have to live your life. And that's why I have an inspirational career coaching business called I Am Unashamedly Me. I love to share this story and inspire and help other people find their passions and cultivate their passions and talents and whether they are just hobbies or they turn it into a full-time job. So that is my, it's the long winded answer to your question of what, why am I doing this? Well, I love it. I love it, Mm. but it's to be inspirational and motivate other people. And you're living the, like you're living by example. And I absolutely respect that. And I think what you said is exactly what everyone needs. Like everyone needs someone to believe in them and to show them that they can believe in themselves too. And that's one thing that has been very clear when I have been talking to people in this podcast on a regular basis over the last seven months is that no one has done what they have done without someone else, even if it's just one other person Mm. believing in them and saying, yes, you can do this. Isn't that crazy? Like, it doesn't like we need someone else to give us that validation of yes, you can do it. We, we, like, you have to have it. Like kids that are doing it is because they've got parents to say yes, you can do this. The re- one of the reasons I didn't do it for so long is because I didn't have anyone saying that's okay. That's okay to want to be a singer songwriter and go and be an artist because that wasn't a thing in my family or where I grew up in a small country town. You don't people where I come from don't do that. 
you know, I had to have a husband and a few of his friends and then over a long period of time, little small micro people saying, yeah, I think you should be doing this. Wow. Well, well, let's agree with that. You need to have a strong support system. There's no way I would be where I am today without my core three, which have been my mom, my dad, my brother. They have Mm. supportive. I mean, from the second I told them I was going to pursue music. I mean, my dad was a little bit harder to crack just because I had just moved back from LA to San Diego and I started going back to school yeah. again. And he's like, Oh, you just moved to LA to teach dance. Now you're going back to do music. I don't know. But he's been one of my strongest supporters. I mean, he's constantly sending out you know, my newsletter to his friends or inviting all of his friends to my shows. And he's so proud of me. My parents and my brother, they're proud. And I, I could not have done much of anything in life really Mm. everybody needs it and then of course friends and then the more you sing and the more you get in front of people the more people hear you the more people might enjoy your yeah and they tell you and it's incredible and some of my favorite memories and my most recent memories are crying after shows because people are coming up to me and saying you inspired me through your story to do this like i'm gonna i'm gonna move from uh, where was I playing in San Juan Capistrano at a place called the coach house, one of my other favorite venues in the world. And this woman yeah. after the show and she's like, I have been on the fence about whether or not I should pursue this other career and leave my job. And you know what? I'm going to do it. I have confidence in myself. I heard your story. I'm so inspired by you. And like where people come to me and say, I inspire them. That's my purpose. I'm living my purpose. And I'm not asking them to tell me that they're just doing it, which means I'm fulfilling my purpose. And it makes me so full I'm just full of just joy and happiness. And so, but it's just, it's the constant support. That is a support system. We need it with everything. I'm grateful that you've always had a shoulder to lean on any time that I'm in need. You answer all my calls over and over, even when it's just to talk. to other people is one of the greatest gifts that we can be and one of the greatest purposes you can have because we need each other and that's the reality of it you know we can't it's not I am legend we're not all running around (laughs) an empty planet (laughs) we, we, we can't do what we do without others and music connects us tell me about some of the like your most exciting moment other like I guess there's those moments when people come up and tell you how much it meant to you but has it been like your favorite experience or co-write or yes something that yeah I knew the second you started asking me this question I have a smile on my face because (laughs) I have a few of these stories but the main one that came to mind was again I'm playing at the coach house 700 seat venue sold out opening for Sean Mm -hmm. Colvin do you know who that is 
No. Um, she has a hit song. Like, her biggest song was called Sunny Came Home. She was big in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s. And mm-hmm. it was just, it, usually there's an opening act, a supporting act, and then the headliner. And on that bill, it was just me opening for Sean. So right away, that was pretty cool. And I was a fan of her. I mean, again, I'm now opening. I've opened for women who were huge to me in the 90s that I never, because I wasn't a musician, so I'm just listening to the music, liking it. And who the hell would have known that later on in life, <laughs> opening for them, mind-blowing. So yeah. this moment, which you can actually look up on YouTube, thank goodness it was kind of recorded. Someone was filming at a table yeah. and I just got from my knees down so you could see my bare feet. But it was my very first standing ovation. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. It was incredible. I had just written a song called Down, and I really wanted to debut it. And I ended the set with that song. And it is it is a very, it's a, gosh, I don't know how you call it, like a bittersweet, but very mm-hmm. moving song. And I played that song. I ended with it. And then the applause and the whistling seemed to just never end. And people stood up, and it was Oh, and you can see, you can't see my face and you can't see them, but you can hear them. You can see my feet go like back and forth, like so excited. Like, oh my gosh, thank you. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It was dead silent too at the end of the song. Like you could hear a pin drop and then interrupted. And I will just, I'll never forget that moment. It was so magical. And I'm like, look at me. I'm opening for Sean Colvin, someone I've been a fan of since before I played music. And now I'm getting a standing ovation at the coach house where like the most famous people have performed. Like this is my life. <laughs> so that's crazy yeah that's that's one of them i don't know how many other stories you want but i have a couple other ones if you want to share if you want to hear them but that- i have to hear that song now <laughs> yeah please do look it up I, the live version just came out last month or in, in late march it's yeah. on and then parentheses arms of love and there's the recorded version that came out i think in 2013 or 14 amazing so yeah that's uh, i can't even imagine like I mean, I love it when I haven't had like that moment yet. It, it'll come. <laughs> but like the moments when you see people connecting to your music and that sort of pin dropping moment, even if it's just with one person, it's like, it's magical. So I'm so glad to hear that, you, that you've had that sort of validation and recognition for what you've been able to achieve. It's so beautiful. Thank you. Have you done much co-writing? So yes, Nashville kind of forces you to do that. before I moved to Nashville I could probably count on one hand how many times I had co-written it's so different in San Diego the songwriting scene and then you come here and it's just everybody's job like everyone's a songwriter and I co-write 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 and for the first Mm. maybe two and a half three years I've been here nine and a half years now I was co-writing all the time and I just wasn't I wasn't getting out the songs that I wanted and unfortunately this is a sad part of this industry but men tend to sometimes utilize that, oh, let's co-write to hit on you. And it became Uh, just like, what's the word, painstakingly annoying that I stopped writing. And I stopped writing with men. I stopped writing with women. I just, I don't want you to try to use this as a time to waste my time. And when I'm co-writing, I'm there to work. And so, yeah. So, yes. So did that happen? That happened multiple times for you? Oh, so was it just a couple, just all the time. For years, I didn't co-write for years. I and I've been co-writing again now for about three. But yeah, there are probably a good three years where I might have co-written with like a friend here and there or something, but not. I stopped. Yeah, it was awful. 
It's funny because a lot of the people that I worked with in Nashville, they won't work in like t- like in twos. They always want groups of three, mm-hmm. and maybe that's why. Yeah, <laughs> because in a, in a, in Australia, it's like I've only ever done individual co-writes, like me and one other person. And I went to Nashville. I'm like, why is everyone writing in threes? And do you know what? That makes so much sense because how much safer is it having another person? In totally. The yes. Like it just makes it straight business. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I'll- um. I found two people, there are two people that I write songs with now. One's a guy, one's a girl. And I will shout mm. their names out because they are incredible artists. Go the on. guy's name is Tolan Shaw, T-O-L-A-N-S-H-A-W. And uh-huh. it's Christy Huff, H-U-F-F. And she's in LA. He's here in Nashville. We were introduced by one of Jason Mraz's co-writers that was a judge on a panel for a songwriting competition that I won back in San Diego a couple years ago. Yep. And he's like, you got to meet this guy, Tolan. He just moved to Nashville. We've written together and he's written with Jason. I think you guys would hit it off. And Tolan and I, four out of four or five out of five now writing sessions, just some of my favorite songs, just boom. And then same with Christy. She's insane talented. My God, these people are so good. And... (laughs) (laughs) It's so good when you find people that you actually click with, though, like, and you know that you can go back and it's just going to come out. Well, you need to be a fan of theirs, too, I believe. Like, the people that you write with, you, pr- I assume you've heard their stuff before and you like their stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not always. Like, I'm learning that. I think I've been doing a lot of co-writing and just trying to meet people that, you know, see what comes out of it because you never know what's going to come out. Sometimes it's absolute gold and you can't expect that. And then other times it's like trying to pull teeth. But either way, it doesn't matter what the experience, you're going to end up with a song baby at the end of it if you don't give up. And I'm a big believer in finishing the song always. Mm -hmm. And that that song can still, even if it's a really hard experience, that song can still go out into the world and do amazing things, you know. you may never want to speak to your co-writer again as long as you get all your paperwork in line you don't have to but yeah it's just one of those things it's like I do really like writing with new people even if the only thing I learn is that it wasn't a good co-writer interesting do you know what I mean but I think it's just about being open to it can it it may not be great but that's okay you're not going to know unless you try yeah I I want to say god I don't want to rain on that positive comment no, go on, go on. <laughs> if, if I mean, if I'd had the experiences that you had and like people kept on trying to sleep with me and like, look, I'm married with three kids. And I still get hit on like all oh. the time and <laughs> that's fine. I'm kind of used to it now. And I actually just, I think that it takes a bit of guts when people do hit on me. And so I just like, well, you know, good for you to having the, <laughs> having the courage. But if I trying to do work and trying to be professional and people kept hitting on me when we've organized a co-write, but you know, you rock up for one thing and they try to trick you into something else. That's not cool. And that would wear you down. Absolutely. It's, it's that. And it's, my time is precious. I think if there's anything I've learned Mm. in my last, not, I think, I know I'm certain if there's anything I've learned in my last year and a half on this earth, I have learned that you cannot get back time. And Mm. life is, you know, we're throwing out cliches today, but life is short. And yeah. You never know what, you know, tomorrow is going to bring. And so if someone's going to get together with me, even if it's, even if it's, um, not someone that hits on me, guy, girl, whoever, but it's someone yeah. who wants to you know, mess around the whole time. Well, like, okay, we get together, we talk for 10, 15 minutes. That's fine. Let's get to work. But some people want to yeah. talk over coffee for an hour first. They're like, tell me their life story. And they're like, no, we're not here 
<laughs> lunch for that. This is work. I'm not your therapist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Time is absolutely precious. And I'm definitely learning that the more and more I get into this industry is like be more conscious about it. And like even with this podcast, like I'm getting loads of submissions all the time and I love everyone and I wish I could interview everyone. But it is about, you know, picking the people that are going to add the most value to the podcast and to me oh. and to everyone who's listening, you know? Yeah. Amazing. I totally agree. But... That comes with with experience. <laughs> and so we just got to go with it. All right. So tell me what's the best advice you've ever received being a songwriter? Okay. So being a songwriter, different than just in general. Mm-hmm. Being a songwriter. Well, if, yeah. <laughs> they can overlap sometimes, can't yeah. they? <laughs> oh, they can. Off the cuff, I would say just, and this is so, gosh, I'm going to be a hypocrite here because I typically don't go back and rework the song. Just about every song that you've ever heard of mine online was written and that's how it started. That's how it ended. That's how it was recorded. I don't go back and change it. And I'm starting to do that now with the last like six months, I'm starting to do what I was told to do several years ago, which is make sure the song is what you want it. Like you can sit on it for a little bit. You don't have to write it, record it, release it. You don't have to do that. And it's hard though because you want to. Oh my gosh, do I ever. Like everything in your body is like, release it now. I just wrote it last totally. night. <laughs> I mean, that's how I roll. Like, that's how I've been doing. I, like I'll write a song one night and then the very next day I'll play it live at a show just because I get mm-hmm. out. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> awesome. I'm so like that, but it's, I have heard the rewrite thing and I'm, I'm starting to think that maybe rewriting and, and sitting on it for a little while is a good idea. <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, it doesn't even necessarily have to be, I, I use that word rewrite and maybe it is rewriting, but you want to just, you want to go over each word means something. And Nashville, I mm. love you because you taught me to look at my songs and like really be in t- like with intent. You have the, you, you want to make sure you're you're getting out the specifics of what you want the world to hear. And mm. so with these newer songs I've been writing the last probably now coming up to a year, definitely since the, be- the beginning of the pandemic and then also the beginning of this year, I've written the best material. And it should be. The more you write, the better the material should be. But these to me are like yeah. light years different in songwriting than where I was just a year and a half ago. And it's I believe wow. it to be because What's- I'm reworking them. Is that been the biggest difference? Like, what do you think kind of gave you that real aha moment of like, okay, let's start reworking these songs? Well, it's, uh, it, to be honest, like listening to Christy Huff, she's, she mm-hmm. has a cap- a vocal capability for, for melodies. She's got such an amazing artistic creative brain for vocal melodies. So I might be, mm-hmm. you know, more of the lyricist or like playing guitar in our co-writes but she comes up with okay these insane melodies and so it's people like christy who inspire me and tolan as well who who inspire me to look at my vocal melody and often in my older songs you'll hear that my vocals kind of follow the chords and yeah that's okay sometimes it's good sometimes maybe i don't know if that song's so great because of that whereas now I'm dancing all over the place with my vocals, doing all kinds of different things. And I think that really draws the ear in more and it makes me appreciate the song more as the writer. Mm, I love that. I'm a total melody melody person and I love working with lyricists, but I do. I love it when the melody and the chords, they harmonize with each other and it's like a dance. It is like a dance. Mm -hmm. It is fun. Oh my God. It's like even more fun to write songs now. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's possible. If I could have more fun writing songs, I, yeah, I mean, it's something I do. Yeah. Whenever I get the chance. But, yeah, no, that's really cool. And if you could go back or say you're talking to, like, teenagers or people who are just starting out because you're an inspirational coach, this is what you'd love to do. Right. What do you think is, like, some of the key advice or things that you would say to people when they're, they're coming to you? you got to yourself. You have absolutely got to believe in yourself. If you don't, if you second guess yourself too much, like you're human. We're all going to, we're all going to second guess ourselves. As I said that earlier, I second guess myself mm. a bunch, but you've got to believe in yourself because if you don't believe in you, no one else is going to. And you know, it, you can look at it whatever way you want to, but this is somewhat of a sales profession where you're selling yourself, you're selling mm. um, people on your music and you as a person. And if you don't have confidence, that's not going to sell. Yeah, yeah. And confidence can be hard to find sometimes. It can it can be, but it's those little like victories that you hold on to, mm. like that Sean Colvin standing ovation that stacked onto another victory, which stacked onto another victory. And then all of a sudden now I'm looking at mountains of victories and that's what you focus on. And you, it's just, it's a constant work, like work ethic. You want to get better. You want to work on yourself all the time, working on your song, working on your performance. So, but you don't, you can't really go anywhere unless the core is there and the core is believing in yourself. So I would say that's the number one thing. And then the mm. second thing is surrounding yourself with like-minded people. You don't want to be hanging out with friends yeah. who are dragged. Like, oh, I'm always broke or I'm so depressed or, you know, hating on life. You want to surround yourself with like-minded and positive, motivated people. Yes. And that is such a huge difference. You hang out at the gym, you're going to get fit. You hang out at the bar, you're going to get drunk. It's like... <laughs> You know, you choose you choose which venue you go to. <laughs> then, like yesterday, you were all over the place. I'm actually kind of curious, and like, you don't have to share if you don't want to, but you have some serious drive, and I recognize that in you. It takes one to know one. But like, do you know where that drive comes from within you? Because I can see it through this computer, and I'm, I'm listening to you, and I'm like, whoa, she's got like some deep heart and drive in there that keeps her going. And I know you're having fun and I know you, you know your purpose, but have you ever looked at what that deeper driver is for you? I'm glad that you asked me this question. It's going to make me really think about giving a good answer. The first thing I want to respond with is before music, and I, I know I mentioned this already, I did not have mm. a freaking percentage worth of the drive that came out of nowhere when this career like across the face, I mean, again, like I just, I could have, if I put this effort into my schooling, I'd probably be a doctor. If I put it into dance, I would be on tour with Usher dancing for him or Janet Jackson or whoever. And it just, I think I have to use the whole cliche thing of you when you know, you know, and this, mm. I, I refer to this career when it showed up in my life as the universe literally smacking me across the face and shaking me on the shoulders and saying, if you do not pursue this career, you are going to be unhappy for the rest of your life. I was told that by some other force. And I perhaps like, because I was gifted that, gosh, this is the first time I'm saying this out loud. It's kind of weird. It almost makes me want to cry. It maybe this drive is my way of thanking whoever put that in front of my face. Like I let them mm. down, whoever, that God, the universe, whoever you want to say, 
but I feel chosen. Like this career chose me. I didn't choose it. And mm. so I don't know. Does that even make sense? When the night has come And the land is dark And the moon is the only light we'll see No one won't be afraid No, I, I won't be afraid Just as long as you stand, stand by me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> absolutely. I think it's absolutely beautiful that you just got to give back. Like when you're given such a gift, you know, gifts are meant to be shared. They're meant to be unwrapped and used. And I felt like, I feel like such a hypocrite because it took me so long to recognize that. Because that gift kept me alive through like PTSD and some traumatic events and music literally like kept me alive. Like I didn't kill myself because I could play an instrument and I could sing a song and that made, like that gave me hope oh. that it was going to get better, oh, my. <laughs> you know. It saves lives, and true. Absolutely, music saves lives. And it wasn't until I started to, I dealt with some of that stuff and I started, I got, got to the sort of light at the end of the tunnel and I could recognize what music had done for me. Like therapists had told me that music had saved my life, but I didn't see it at the time. And then I'm like, hang on a second, I'm singing these songs in my bedroom. These, this music that comes to me that's healing me and keeping me alive, I'm keeping it to myself. And I'm like, how selfish is that? Like this music and what it's done for me, if I could even do it for one other person, it's worth oh doing. Oh my gosh. You know? Wow. See, you have so many great things to share too. Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> only you, you, you inspired me. You've, you've brought it out in me, but I can feel it in you too. And I just, I'm just so honored and humbled that we've been able to connect because I think it's important that you know what you're doing is such important work and it's so good and it will go un, um, unrecognized a lot of the time. But at the same time, you, hopefully, you will never know the full extent of the work that you're doing and the value that you are putting into the world. And I just think it's absolutely amazing. So thank you so much well, for doing back that. Back at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. If you could co-write with anyone in the world, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Good Lord. Why do you ask these questions? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. To write a song with anybody, why also? You know, it'd be fun to write a song with Mother Teresa. She's not an artist, but she's an artist in another form. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yep. That's. I mean, I've never had that response, but... Tell me, why Mother Teresa? What about her? Uh, you gravitate towards? You know, someone asked me in another interview, some other, when was this? Maybe like back in January or February, if you could have a drink with someone dead or alive, who would it be? And I said, I would have a tea with Mother mm. Teresa. She's Maybe she's just like on my brain. But I could really benefit from her, just her view on people and the world and her, the humanity that she brought. She's just... I mean, she's not called Mother Teresa for no reason. So mm. I would, we would get a great song out of, I just, I love, like I said, I love to inspire people. So I think with her stories and maybe how she speaks and the certain words that she might use, that would really inspire a beautiful song that would help a lot of people. Absolutely. I think that you probably already write those songs. I- You've probably got the spirit of Mother Teresa in there. <laughs> <laughs> you were very sweet. And I, that's so 
cool to even hear you say that. And I would like to say I do, but she would like up my game by a billion percent. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we all have our own unique stories to share and yeah, I think she would love what you're doing. And yeah, she and she's she was an inspirational woman as well. So like look at that. She like and she will never know the the impact that she's had on so many people and what they've then gone and done because of what she inspired in them and and in all of us. What about you? Who would you, you know? write with? Oh, gosh, now I want to write with Mother Teresa. Yeah. If we're going on like down that path, I'd probably like to write a song with Jesus. Like there that would go. be cool. Like <laughs> Okay, bye. It'd be like Jesus, let's co-write, you know. <laughs> What kind of song would you want to get out with him? I think that he kind of does for me. Like, And I, I actually read the Bible on a daily basis. And if someone is a Bible reader, you would hear like most of my, like a lot of my lyrics are ripped off straight from the public domain of the Bible. <laughs> because I think there's some really cool like human sayings in there. But I think I love and that acceptance and grace that I think we all need to have for ourselves and other people that is not, I don't think even taught in the church. Like it's just not... I think it's overseen by the rules of like how we're supposed to be and yet like we just need to have compassion that we are human. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think I love that, that that humanity and that emotional um, intelligence that seems to not be taught in schools, which it probably should be. But, yeah, that idea of just, yeah. But, like, I, I mean, <laughs> there's a million – I mean, I'd love Leonard Cohen and, you know, it's, there's so many people that I would love to write with. But, you know, since you said that, yeah. then that's probably yeah. – I love it. We, great song. we should put all four of us in a room. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, Mother Teresa. <laughs> oh. Anyway, is, is so what are you doing now? What, like, what's being hungover. COVID done to you? And Yeah, <laughs> other than being hungover and, like, having a random talk about Jesus and Mother Teresa. <laughs> what's your plans for, for music this year? So maybe this is the time to announce it. Maybe it's not. I'm not quite sure. I'll figure it out after the sentence. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, I just released my first live album, ninth album in general. And Done. thank you. Thank you. I'm oh, this is so, like, I'm proud of it. And I'm not proud of it. Like the, this is this, the thing that I, I worry about. Like your people are going to hear this album, this live album. They're going to like, Oh, this must be what she's like live. And absolutely 100% the banter that you hear in between the songs, you can expect that kind of, you know, that kind of stuff at every single show. I don't say the same thing twice, but I really love messing around with the audience. But but my voice was inconsistent. So I, and the whole point of me saying that is, what am I doing? Well, I just released that album, but I have these songs that I'm so proud of that I, I was mentioning I've been writing over the last six months or so, and I badly want to get in the studio and record them, but it's expensive to record. Mm -hmm. And I just put on an album and I do have a single I'm releasing in early June, another one probably at the end of July or early August. And those are all done already. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Actually, one of them I wrote with Christy Huff. Hey. Yeah. I'm going to have to check her oh, out. Oh, you've got to. And Tolan. Tolan Shaw. They're great. Yeah. Uh, I've got their names written down. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're going to go down the rabbit hole of awesome music and you're not going to leave. Like <laughs> um, that's that's I'm I've been in that rabbit hole for about seven there months and I'm not going anywhere. And the second, so "See Me Cry" is the name of that song that Christy and I um, wrote together. And I've been rapping in a lot of my songs over the last couple of years, so I have my probably my in my top two or three favorite raps I've ever written in this song. 
Mm. So that's coming out, the second version of Drowning Me, my most popular song and my probably favorite of all of my songs I've ever written. I released a song called Drowning Me in 2013. And because it's like the most streamed and the most downloaded, the most requested it shows, I decided to make a second version of it. So that is coming out. That's the June one. And I'm cultivate I'm really focusing on this inspirational career coaching. I was, I had a business called Image 1228, which was like a music mentoring business. And yeah, I, I am now rebranding it and calling it inspirational career coaching because I want to work with people that are not just musicians. I want to work with men, women, all ages, all sexes, all like no, all stages of life, any career. So I am an unashamedly me is my main focus right now while still, you know, songwriting and occasionally performing. And I just got back from Hawaii and I was uh, performing there for three weeks. Yeah. And so wow, fun. Pardon me. How, how did someone get to like um, sing in Hawaii for three weeks? Right. Okay. Just, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want to know that. Tell me that. <laughs> so honest with you i do not remember for the life of me like how my first show even happened i've been there 11 times in my life mm. and eight or nine of eight of those have been for music i believe mm. and i don't remember the first one but i remember as each time that i would go back i would build i mean i have never worked harder to break into the scene as i have in hawaii hawaii can be pretty particular when it comes to who they hire, a lot of, mm. they support local artists, which, you know, it's not bad. It's not good. It just is what it is, but it's something yeah. can hinder, you know, your ability to get into that market. And so I have been like aggressively pounding on their doors, but like in a, like a, a nice professional way, <laughs> professional, yeah. aggressively, I don't know, aggressive is a bad word, but I've been working my butt off to break into that industry. So little by little in that market, I would just yeah. kind of, I don't know. Next, set. maybe it was hard rock because I've played at a bunch of different hard rock cafes like all over the world, and maybe that that yeah could have been my. And they're quite a big franchise. Yeah. They have a big franchise, and I have, I've got a. If we have the time, I have to tell you the story of how I even got into that hard rock cafe. Do we have a? Well, I mean, yeah, go for it. Oh, I have. Do I have some time for it? Yeah, go for it. Just tell me. The okay, story. just tell me. <laughs> Inspiration. Like, I want people to hear this and go like, "Damn, I can do anything too." So. <laughs> Go on. I I was staying on the Big Island, and I had two days that I wanted to travel to Honolulu on Oahu, the island of Oahu, and visit one of my friends. So I had forty eight hours in town. He picked me up from the airport, and he's like, "Oh, by the way, we're like as we're driving down this street, he points to the right. That's the Hard Rock Cafe. It just opened. Maybe next time you're in town, you can try to play here." And I'm like, "Pull over, pull over." I'm going to see if I can get myself a show tomorrow night. So I ran upstairs. Wow. Yeah. Balls. Mm -hmm. And I asked the man for the manager. Hi, I was just wondering who does your booking? Are they here? Oh no, they're not here. Okay. Well, I'm in town for one night only. And <laughs> I was wondering, you know, can I open for whoever you have performing tomorrow night? I've played, you know, this is what I've done. I'd like to whatever. And I've opened for Bruno Mars. I've done this. And Bruno's from Hawaii. So that was kind of good to throw that in there. Yeah, we've been booked for eight months. So sorry, like you're going to have like try again, honey. And I'm like, okay, can I have the email of the booking agent, please? Sure. Yeah. But I'm just letting you know, you're going to have to send in a press kit. You're going to have to wait. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, whatever. Yeah. I go back to my hotel. And very rarely do I ever pretend to be somebody else. Like, 
98% of the messages I've ever emailed have been me, but I have pretended to be my own manager a couple times. And that, but yeah. I did. I sat down and I wrote a little like maybe six sentence fluffed up email about my, I mean, by fluff, I just mean a, like a braggy email, a list of JC's and one more night. She's open for brutal cars yeah. and pepper. She's toward the world and this. And I told him all facts and she like, yeah. performed there tomorrow night. I woke up to a response from the booking agent. We'd love to have her. She can play for 30 minutes before the, the headlining band. We can pay her this. She can have this food, whatever. And I got myself a show. That's insane. And I've been playing there every Like, that's well done. <laughs> and, like, I have heard of that. I've, I've had a few people saying that they've acted as, as their own booking agent or they've acted as their own manager. And, you know, it just sometimes, yeah, it, it, it's all perception, isn't it? Yes, but I just wonder yeah. what does it look like on the other end because I was a booking agent for so many years. My first job for two and a half years in Nashville was hosting what we call writer's nights here, which you probably know of, but for people who don't yeah. know what a write- writer's night is, it's when you get two, three, or four people up on stage at the same time. They each individually go like in a round, in a circle. You sing your song, and you, and around you go. Yep. And I did that at a few different venues for two and a half years. So the, when I receive emails from people and it's like, hi, I am John Smith and I represent blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, sometimes it looks professional and sometimes it's like, I kind of appreciate it more when it's the artist. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. It really does depend, doesn't it? And it also like the email can come across in so many different ways. And I'm learning that being on the other side, getting the applications. Oh, sure. um, yeah, for you. Exactly. Yeah. So what does that look like? Tone. Ah, oh, it's, and see, like, I'm really not great at verbal, com- I'm better in person. I would, like, I, I want to pick up the phone and I want to talk to someone, absolutely, just like we're doing mm. now. Because if I tried to communicate my heart and my goal and my desire via words, for some reason, I think it always comes across wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> so, you know, so my husband is actually um, the head of communications and does all the bookings and, and, manages all the scheduling and everything for the podcast and he's like my husband manager but he's really good at that you know he's really good at that communication so it is about maybe recognizing what your strengths are because we definitely get some emails where we question whether that's what they really meant to say Mm -hmm. and whether they meant it to come across that Mm -hmm. way but I also have a lot of compassion for those emails because you know it's probably something that I would do (laughs) so yeah it is it's such a funny thing but yeah I'm definitely a big believer in go with your strengths and and then find people who are are strong in the areas you're not strong in because we've got to work together and you don't have to be good at everything and that was the thing I learned from Nashville I went in 2019 I yeah I was just there and I wanted to go back the moment I could and then COVID hit. But I think in Australia, like, I definitely grew up with this big idea that you had to do everything and just the idea of having to do everything was so overwhelming that I never did anything. Mm. And being in Nashville, I realised, hang on a second, I don't have to do everything. In fact, I can just do the stuff that I know I'm good at and that I love. And once I realised that, I came back and that was kind of when I'm like, okay, let's hit the ground running. I've got this and I've got a bit of a backing. I've got support and I've got the drive clearly now. I'm just going to do what I can do. I'm going to try and find the people that I can work with and, and I'm still doing that. But I'm enjoying the journey and yeah. I think that's the most important it thing. It is. Oh, I'm so happy to hear all of this. 
Thank yeah. you. This has been a really nice chat. Is there anything else you would like to say? I know that we probably could talk for another hour, but we're going to finish up. Is there anything else you would like to say before we do? I'm going to put all of your details and a nice description and blog on the website along with all your socials and so people can follow you and get in touch with you and your business and your music. Is there anything else you would like to say? Yes. I We didn't talk anything about blue and Alzheimer's and I can wrap that up pretty quickly. Yes, let's go. My brand is blue. I call my fans the blue crew. I have a slogan that I developed back when I first started performing. So early 2005, bring the crew, wear mm-hmm. your blue. My grandma yep. had passed away from Alzheimer's the month after I started writing those first three songs and recording and she never got to see a show. And I said, Mm. if I were to ever, or when I should say, get to the point of being able to donate or give back, I'm sorry, I'll do it through wearing the color blue and giving Mm -hmm. to Alzheimer's. So for the, since I moved to Nashville, so almost nine and a half years now, I have been donating $1 from my ticket sales to the Alzheimer's association. All you got to do is just show up to my show wearing blue. And that's a way for me to my fans as well as to, it's very easy. Like you don't have to pay extra. I take it out of what I make and give it to, yeah. And give it to the Alzheimer's association. Oh, that's beautiful. Well done for that. I think it's really important to, to support those sorts of causes, especially the ones that you're drawn to. And yeah, Alzheimer's is not a nice thing for the person going through it or for their family. Not at all. Yeah. It's hard. It's actually um, a movie that we watched. What's the movie? The father? Have you seen the? F- I'm going to you tonight now. Apparently, yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's all about. Oh, it's incredible. It's- You're gonna love it. Oh. It's an amazing crew, and it's it's all about that story anyway. So yeah, definitely go watch the father. I watched it the other day, and it's just it, it will really sit with oh, you, especially if that's your thing. I'll totally do that when we hang up. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. I've got to go. I've got another meeting to go into, but you've been amazing, and um, I really appreciate all the time that you've given um, and I look forward to supporting you and saying, staying in touch. Equally. I'm so grateful. Thank you so, so much for having me. And I really have enjoyed talking to you as well. You're definitely an inspiration. Thanks for joining our songwriter Trist today. To join the family and keep up to date with future podcasts, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Please leave a review and subscribe. To support the podcast or contact me or our guest, please go to the website, songwritertrists.com. Crowd, no one can-